Welcome to the Me, Myself, and Her podcast. Today's conversation is not an easy conversation for me to have, but it's a necessary one. Uh, And I want to speak to this collective grief that I have noticed and experienced over the past week or so as information about the death of Ahmaud Arbery is coming to the forefront. Um, As the video has been published and as more information has come out, it's hard to get away from the traumatic images and information that's all over the news feeds. And today, whether you realize it or not, you may be experiencing a grief response to all that you're hearing and seeing in relation to the death, the horrific death of this young man. You may be wondering to yourself, how on earth can I experience grief for someone that I don't even know? I've heard of him, but I don't know him personally. He's not a part of my family. We weren't friends. As a matter of fact, he lives on the other side of the country. Grief is not exclusive to people that we know. We can hear about and see death and grieve it, even if we are not connected to that individual personally. Today, in honor of Ahmad, I want us to talk about grief. I heard Ahmad's mother, Wanda Cooper Jones, um, speak just a very small clip of her conversation about him and who he was in her life as a son. Uh, And with yesterday being Mother's Day, it really broke my heart to hear this mother speaking in past tense terms about a son that she loved. I don't have to know him to feel empathy and an emotional connection to her pain. Because as a mother, um, for many of us, it will put in our mind how we would feel if a scenario like that, a horrible event like that were to happen to one of our children. So it takes us there emotionally. After watching some of the media coverage of Ahmad's death, I noticed my own emotions starting to take a dive. As a matter of fact, the day that I became aware of the situation, because I don't watch the news very often on purpose, uh, and I tend to just stay away from images that I know will just strike that emotional chord, because I do truly believe that just because you can watch it doesn't mean that you should, and I'm very protective of my, my mental spaces, so I don't watch any and everything. But my daughter came to me and she said, you know, hey, mom, have have you heard about the death of the jogger? Um, You know, the guy that was jogging and, and he was killed. And she mentioned that there was a video and she chose not to watch it, which I am very happy she made that decision. But that day I decided to research it a little bit more since it was concerning to her. I like to know what's going on in the world, especially, um, you know, amongst teenagers. And once I started just reading about what had happened, I noticed my own emotions starting to get caught up in the sadness, anger, and frustration. And this is the collective grief that I have sensed over the past week or two as more information is coming out. 
So today I want to speak to you about grief. The title of this conversation today is A Pain Like No Other, Three Manifestations of the Grief Process. And I almost did a segment on mental health and motherhood since yesterday was Mother's Day, but I decided to speak to the hearts of mothers who are grieving the loss of a child in honor of Ahmaud Arbery's mother, Wanda Cooper Jones. And today I just want to talk about that tangled web of pain and uncertainty, the jumble of emotional and mental turmoil. It can be very isolating to the point where you feel like no one else can understand your pain. And the feelings of isolation speak to the uniqueness of each individual grief experience. So it's not that you're the only mother that has experienced the loss of a child, but the weight of that loss is so significant that it's hard to fathom that another human being has experienced that hurt, that pain, frustration, anger, uncertainty, whatever the word is for you. Grief is a chameleon with many faces and recognizing grief and understanding it better. It's a first step toward releasing the tangles and emerging with our mental and emotional wellness intact. This doesn't mean rush the process. It is okay to allow yourself time to just move into that pain and be in it, recognize it, and figure out how to get that tangle unraveled. Just when we think we have a grasp on how to grieve well, the web of uncertainty overtakes us and finding our way out may seem impossible. It is during these times of overwhelm that gaining more clarity about what it means to grieve can be helpful. Grief is a normal process of reacting both internally and externally to the perception of our loss. Our grief reactions can manifest psychologically, socially, and physically. First, I want to start with the psychological. Emotional fluctuations are common during the grieving process. Emotions can range from anger, sadness, guilt, anxiety, and disbelief. And it may be difficult to concentrate on anything except your loss. Talking about your thoughts and feelings with a trusted friend, a grief counselor, a pastor, or someone else that can just listen can be very helpful. During the grieving process, no emotion is off the table. Keep in mind, it's not the emotions that are harmful. It's how we respond to the triggered emotions that matter. Responding to emotions with healthy coping skills can mean the difference between moving through grief or getting stuck in the emotional tangles. One of the best coping skills for many is the spoken words of grief. Resist the urge to bottle up your emotions and isolate and not talk to anyone about it. If you don't feel comfortable talking about it yet, if you can't speak about it, write about it or create about it. Creating may involve painting, scrapbooking of images and words that connect you to the individual. It is really up to you how you release that mental and emotional pain as you process and move through your grief. 
The next area that grief can affect us is socially. A low or high desire to socialize after a loss is normal. Some of us will require an extended period of time before we are ready to talk about the death, the loss. For others, a strong desire to connect with friends and family about the death of our loved one, it will occur pretty quickly, and that is okay too. You may feel comfortable having conversations right away about memories and thoughts, frustrations, and your sadness, but just know that no matter the spectrum that you're on, it's normal for you to have your unique experience with grief. There may be some concerns about returning to work and having to face grief publicly. For others, returning to work offers a welcome distraction and a sense of normalcy. So again, it's two different ways of facing grief, but both are normal. People are often unsure what to say to the bereaved, so they end up saying nothing. Avoiding conversations with a grief-stricken individual due to personal discomfort is common, but it can be harmful. It can lead to a further sense of isolation. There are no perfect words, but your willingness to acknowledge another person's pain is priceless. It may simply mean that you are available, that you are listening when they're speaking. It may mean a simple touch if it's appropriate. You know, a touch on the shoulder or a hug or simple words saying, I know what happened and I care. I'm here if you need me. And part of your support of another person's pain is facing your own feelings about loss and grief and share them with the individual if you like. And not in a way that overshadows their pain and not in a way of, I know what you're going through because you don't know what that person is going through. But it's allowing the person an open doorway of sharing by you being willing to share a little bit of your personal grief and loss journey. Don't attempt to rescue the individual from the hurt. It's necessary to work through the grief. So temper your expectations of how quickly or how slowly someone should go through their grief with kindness and understanding and just allowing her to go through the grieving process at her own pace. Going back to work after experiencing the death of a loved one is not easy because now you have to face the reality that the world continues to move forward, even if you are not quite ready to do so. And you also have to face the possibility of people asking you questions, of people staying away from you because they don't know what to say or they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to say something that makes you cry. There are all these mixed up things that can happen when we're grieving. And I hope today's conversation will help you feel more comfortable, whether you are supporting someone who is grieving or you are the one going through the grieving process. The third and final way that grief can manifest in our lives is physically. 
If you've ever gone through the grieving process, you will often notice that you have no appetite or maybe you are eating more as a way to soothe your emotions. You may experience a disruption of your sleep pattern where you can't sleep at all or you find yourself sleeping or wanting to sleep all the time. An upset stomach is not uncommon. Feeling fatigued where you're getting, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours of sleep and you're still tired. And other physical grief responses may also occur. Your body may give you signs that there's something mentally and emotionally straining you. It may be headaches. It may be the physical manifestation of your grief through pain. Our bodies are holistic entities and what impacts us emotionally also affects us physically. During times of grief, our self-care often goes by the wayside. How can you stay well mentally, emotionally, and spiritually during times of grief? I'm going to give you a few suggestions. Accept help and support when offered. You will likely have family, friends, and coworkers who want to help you and bring you food, run errands, and so on. Say yes to those things and allow yourself time and space to rest your mind, body, and spirit during your time of grief. Ask for help. No one minds helping you, but they don't know what you need unless you ask. During times of grief, it's a good idea to put your pride, your ego to the side and ask if there is something that you need assistance with. It is very important to find someone who cares, understands. If that is a pastor, great. If it's a good friend, that's fine too. Maybe it's a sibling, but finding someone that you can just speak freely about any thoughts, feelings, frustrations, unknowns, just being able to release your thoughts and feelings, even if it's to your therapist, can be tremendously helpful. Be patient with yourself and just know that healing takes time. It's not something that happens overnight and lean into the pain. It cannot be outrun. Let the grief and the healing process run its full course. And if you find that you are getting stuck, reach out for help. Grief is not easy, but it's something that we will all encounter at some point in our lives. And there is no cookie cutter approach to how to grieve well. Just know that you as a unique individual will go through your grief journey differently than I will go through mine and the next person. So even if you have experienced a similar loss as someone else, it doesn't mean that you will grieve the same. Today's conversation is just scratching the surface. There's so many things that we can talk about related to grief. But if you are a woman out there today, if you are a mother grieving the loss of a child, I just want to say that we see you. We may not know your name. You may not be on the national news. You may not be trending on social media, but your pain is being given the spotlight on this podcast segment today. So out in the airwaves, through your earphones, through your speakers, I just want you to know that you don't have to go through your healing alone. 
And if you are feeling stuck, and if you are unsure, and you just can't seem to get out of the tangle of emotional turmoil, just know that there are counselors, there are pastors out there that you can reach out to and get assistance. So resist the urge to go through your pain and your process alone. Healing is a team sport. Part of that is knowing how we can grieve well and support other women as they are striving to do the same. I'm so glad you stopped by today to share in this conversation, honoring the life of Ahmaud Arbery and acknowledging his mother's pain. Just keep in mind that the conversation here, the information that we share is not a replacement. It's not a substitute for your relationship with a licensed mental health provider or a health professional. So if you find yourself needing additional help, check out the show notes that can get you started on the process, on the journey of becoming her.